Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Good. Real good. You're lying. <laughs> yeah, after the orders, there might have been a worse playoff game, maybe against L.A., but I don't think so. That was the worst playoff game of the year for the Oilers. Man, I've graded a lot of the bad ones, Bruce. I think I've got one grade in the playoffs <coughs> that I've graded. How are you oh, doing? Yeah. Did you get the 4 nothing loss to L.A. as well as this one? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Okay. I can't remember. 4 uh, nothing, four nothing yeah. for the Cavs or the Oilers, Bruce. The grade A shots were 16-7 to seven for the Oilers. 16-7 to seven for the Oilers. For the Avalanche. Yeah, I got it working on my cold here, so I feel I have a bright brain fog. 16 to 7 for the abs, and the five alarm shots were 6 to 2 for the abs. So, not good. So, Bruce, tonight is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast because it was really bad. We'll go with two bad things each. What is your good thing, Bruce? Oh boy, I just scratch and claw and dig and and uh, remember a long way back into that part of the game where the Oilers were competitive. But uh, I've come up with the three-on-five penalty kill in the first period where the Oilers were two men down for I think it was a minute 32. And not only were they two men down, uh, but their ace three-on-five penalty killer Leon Drysaddle was one of the guys in the box. Having been called, it was a sequence of events where uh, uh, Gabriel Landeskog hit uh, Kyler Yamamoto with a high hit, and they nothing got called. And then Leon got called on slashing on the back check, and then Brett Kulak got called for trying to run Nathan McKinnon into the boards, and they wound up two men short out of that. And they actually, even without uh, without um, Leon available to them. Uh, they managed to get the job done with really all the other centers from uh, Derek Ryan winning the faceoff right off the bat and getting the puck out and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins doing some good work for the lion's share of it and then him getting off in a change and Ryan McLeod coming out at the end. The, the forwards on that sequence, and I'll talk more about the forwards later in this podcast, but on that sequence I thought they, they did pretty good. They got... Uh, one or two good saves from Mike Smith and one really good save from him right at the end of the five-on-three off of McKinnon. McKinnon drive. Yeah. And otherwise, it was uh, uh, Colorado bobbled the puck a little bit, and they weren't like totally sharp on that power play either. But uh, Edmonton getting through that, getting through with another penalty in the first period, and somehow coming out at 0-0 after one period, it looked like uh, they were in position to compete yeah, that was huge, Bruce. Those were two bad penalties, like Dreisaitl's penalty, come on, in the neutral zone, and then uh, Kulak's penalty was a clear elbowing to the face. Sure was. Um, sure was. You can't... Anyway, so that was frustrating, but the penalty killing was extraordinary. Nugent Hopkins in particular, I mm-hmm. thought was really good. You need that high man to be so smart, because he's. it's all triggered from him what they can do and what they can't do. <clears throat> and I thought Nugent was outstanding block, blocking passing lanes and directing them in certain places where they might just just a little bit didn't want to go and um 
that's what it's all about on the five on three. So good work by him. And uh, Duncan Keith blocked one pass with his skate. Um, yeah, there was some good playing on that. And then, as you say, Smith came up with a monster save at the end of it. <coughs> Bruce, my good thing is um, they're heading home, man. Mm-hmm. Last chance, gas game three. If they can win game three, it's two to one. And then maybe win game four, you know. Avs, you know, you can go with that idea. Avs won there too at home. Now it's time for the Oilers to win there too at home. <clears throat> do I think that's going to happen? I do not. I do not. Um, and I'll get into why later. I've been pretty mm-hmm. bullish on the Oilers all year. This is not one of those moments for a number of reasons, mainly due to injuries, honestly, to dry settle and nurse. Mm-hmm. The Oilers, the Oilers to beat the Avs. I'm getting into it now. The Oilers to beat the Avs need to be fully healthy. I think. Their, their their top players need to be close to 100% health. And then they're not right now, especially uh, Darnell. So <clears throat> I'm not bullish on the home game, but I think they could win game three. I think they could come out and, and beat this team for, for one game at least. And then we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens after that. But I'm excited about game three coming up. It's, uh, it's going to be worth watching, and I, and I expect the orders to 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 win the game win game three all right so they're coming home but they're not coming home with their tails between their legs because it sure kind of looked like that at times in this game well bruce they were they were they were you get you get stomped like that for three goals and the way those three goals were scored Mm -hmm. the way those three goals were scored was particularly disheartening to the team i think and i could get into this but that's like you know, you've come back again. This team has come back again and again and again. But three goals in two minutes. <clears throat> and those goals, those particular goals, especially the first two, which were hor- horrendous goals against, should never have happened. And um, anyway, why don't I get into my bad thing? Which yeah, is, go you know, for it. You're Darnell right there. Nurse. It's Darnell Nurse. Like, <laughs> I'm right there. Listen, he is injured, okay? Yeah. Now, a lot of people, like, he is getting all kinds of, it's funny, Crap. in the mainstream media, mm-hmm. in the mainstream media and on TV, Craig Simpson did mention at the end of the game that Nurse and CeCe had had a rough game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I didn't listen between periods. Maybe there was stuff between periods. Right. Because I was reading the games tonight. But there's not a right. lot of talk officially. But online, Nurse has just taken a kicking right now. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because he's he's injured. He has no explosive. He's got no jump. He can't. So so what happens? And it happened on both these goals. He he kicked off the sequence of pain on both of them. And and the first one was really quick. The pain came fast. The second one was a little bit more delayed. But the first one, he just, out of nowhere, gives the puck away. <clears throat> on a play where if he had been healthy, both plays, if he had been healthy, he was free with the puck. He would have moved his feet. He would have got that puck up ice. He would have been attacking. That's Darnell Nurse. So on the first one, he gets the puck, and he just kind of misses CC by about three or four feet with the pass and uh, goes right to the Avs player. I can't remember who shot it. Was it Kadri? Yeah, K- K- Kadri shot it, was it? And Lekkanen tips it in, right? It's right. A, <coughs> it's just bang, bang. It happens all the Nobody's so covering Lekkanen or Kadri. Well, there's, and there's no, yeah, but there's no recovery. Like, that turnover was... 
so unexpected. Yeah. Everyone's out of position. You can't recover. It's hard to recover in hockey. You're, you're in the train tracks, you know, you're slotted into the ice. You can only move so fast. So that goal is happening once that turnover happens just by by chance because Lekkonen was in the right spot to tip it and the owners weren't in the right spot to block it. Spot to block it. <coughs> the next goal, though, is just as <coughs> just as bad in some ways because he goes back for the puck in his own zone. No one is there. He's the guy. He's got no one on him. He's retrieved the puck. No one is on Darnell Nurse. He's got to skate with the puck. He's got to make a good play. But because he has no jump and no oomph, he just meekly moves the puck around the boards to CeCe, who's got a guy right on him and gets slammed into the boards. <clears throat> that is a You can't make that pass. You, you Darnell Nurse would never make that pass if he helped him. So my bad thing isn't Darnell Nurse. It's Darnell Nurse's darn injury causing mm. him to play like this. He's not he, – he is – in the last two games, he's gotten two both games. He's yeah. really hurting the team. And I don't know what you do about that. Like, everyone's in, – in playoff hockey, it's always suck it up, suck it up, suck it up. And it worked against Calgary and L.A. Calgary uh, – the Avs aren't it Calgary did. and L.A. Yeah. When you make mistakes against the Avs, they make you pay for it fast. Mm-hmm. And that's what yes. we're seeing series is any little mistake the orders make, they pay for it fast. The orders had very small room of air, margin of error in this series. Darnell Nurse playing at 30% and Leon Dreisel at 60%, whatever he's at right now. That's that's making up that margin quite handily right now. And it's going to be difficult for the orders to come back in this series because of it. And it's a darn shame. It's really a shame that the orders aren't completely healthy right now. But yeah. that's, that's, that's how it works. That's how it goes. Yeah, no, he's looking bad, and I, I wrote a long post about him last night talking about how, you know, he had a equally terrible first game in the last series, and then he bounced back not too bad. Like, I, I didn't think he played great, but he, he was yeah. sort of played within himself. And, uh, I mean, the Oilers outscored the Flames 8-2 with him on the ice in the last four games. Well, so far in this series, uh, was it 1-4 and 6 against and was 0-3 tonight, and all three of those minuses came in that one two-minute and four-second span, uh, where the third one, we also had him culpable to the extent that he was the last guy back and couldn't cut out the two-on-one aerial pass from uh, a hard play, but yeah. Kadri to Mikko Rantanen. I mean, good luck with that, right? Uh, and uh, they... Uh, they took advantage of yet another Oilers mistake, and that mistake, at least, you can't say that one originated off of uh, a nurse's stick, but it was uh, he was involved in that one as well. And the funny thing, like if you only looked at the stats, you'd say, well, geez, he had six shot attempts, most of any Oiler actually, defenseman or forward. He had three hits, most of any defenseman. His high dangers chances were get this four for the Oilers, two against. I mean. Makes sense of that when they got three goals. Uh, and you might say, well, Smith maybe could have had one of those, uh, the Madsen one of those shot. shots. Yeah, Madsen I think he should shot. have had the Madsen shot. But uh, when it went sideways for Darnell, it went sideways in a hurry tonight. And uh, he had uh, one chance to uh, um, create offense, and he tried to deke Pavel Francois. And even there, to me, it was like his fast twitch explosiveness was not there. It was kind of a slow motion deke and it looked like a fairly easy poke check by Franzos and that was Edmonton's probably best chance in the whole night or certainly one of maybe two or 
three that I think there was a jam play in close by maybe Hyman early in the game. Kane, Kane. Uh, Kane, it was Kane, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> and uh, Francois saved it right on the goal line. And, and so that was about that. <coughs> and so, yeah, he's he's struggling. He's hurt. I mean, uh, in the post game, they asked Jay Woodcroft about him. And he Jay said, uh, Darnell's giving us everything that he's got. And I thought, you know, well, that's, that's probably fair and accurate. And what he's got right now is just nowhere near enough. And the real strength of his game is absence and uh of course people are all over any any kind of uh uh turnover or, or poor decision or anything like that and i read some pretty cruel stuff frankly online today that disappointed me uh about uh this player and and uh his, I guess let's call it on ice smarts. I'm so sick of the term hockey IQ. I'm not going to say it. Uh, and this is a guy who uh, won the, uh, received the Bobby Smith Award in the OHL for Academic Player of the Year in uh, 2013, and who's just recently nominated and will represent Edmonton as the finalist for the Lester Pearson Memorial Trophy. I'm just going to read this, just to remind people what this guy is about while you're dumping on him. Nurse is an ambassador for free play for kids, which provides opportunities to participate in sports for children from marginalized communities and right to play, which aims to empower kids through sports. In 2021, he created the Darnell Nurse Excellence Scholarship in partnership with St. Thomas More Catholic Secondary School, his alma mater in Ham Hamilton, to award two scholarships each year to students pursuing post-secondary goals. So this is not a dumb guy. I mean, and education has been part of his thing, and it still is. And he's a classy guy right now. Is he struggling? Absolutely. Is he trying to play through something and help his team? Absolutely. Is it working? Absolutely not. Not in this series. But, uh, you know, just uh, maybe retract the clause when you're uh, commenting on his play. We can say, you and I can say, his play has been poor without denigrating the guy. And I, I find that a little bit, as I say, disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't read that. I haven't read that stuff, yeah, so I just stay away from it. I, I block people instantly who say make personal comments that are really nasty. Um, I'm, I have no time for it, Bruce. So, uh, it is an interesting conundrum for for Woodcroft. Like his answer is, also. you know, it's almost like Darnell Nurse would have to say, "Listen, I need to set a game." Like. I can't get it done. I'm not getting it done. I'm not myself. And we saw it mostly on the breakaway, I thought, in a way. Well, we saw it on the, the second goal. And by, and by the way, on that second goal, he was not even the major culprit. I mean, Ryan lost the battle in the corner. Archibald was way out of position yep. to cover Manson. Mike Smith is back in his net and lets Manson beat him from up high. So so Darnell Nurse, in some ways, was the least of the culprits uh, on that goal again. So I, I do want to make that clear. And on the on the third goal, Kane and Bouchard's pinching in there, crazy man, and Kane doesn't make the play at the blue line. And again, L Nurse was the least of the culprits on the Keith, third. Keith goal. changes while the two on one is developing, and Darnell jumps over the boards after his two goals against shift, and the very first thing he faces, like within seconds, yeah, is a two on one against. Uh, but, I'm gonna dig into his game log, but I think he may personally have been on the ice for three goals in about 20 or 25 seconds. He, that, he was um, game, that was the game. It was yeah. over after that. 
you really saw that lack of explosiveness on the breakaway. He didn't even move his feet. He just kind of cruised in there slowly. Mm. And then it looked looked like me on a breakaway in beer league. Like, that's how I get poke checked. You know, like, like it looks so bad because I'm so slow and I can't move. <laughs> that's what it looked like to me, Bruce. It was horrible. It was really bad to see because he can't make the deke. He's not quick enough to make that quick deke. He's, right. He doesn't have the quick feet. And it's funny because it's deceptive because sometimes he can get up to speed and get going in a straight line. But oh, sure. the explosiveness right. in, the, <laughs> in the agility isn't there. So what do you do? What what they're going to do is they're, he's going to get it out another game and they're going to see what happens. But <clears throat> what, what, you know, in an alternative universe where they weren't, where hockey players weren't crazy about playing with pain, they'd say, this guy can't, he's, he right. can't go. And we're going to put in uh, Chris Russell or Philip Robery and we're going to see what happens. You know, the owners would have, do I think the owners at this point would have a better chance of beating the abs if that happened? Well, it's, that's an interesting question, but part of me thinks yes. I, I think yes at this point. Two games in a row like that, I don't see it getting any better. It, it, now, it, of course, as you pointed out in your post, it did get better against the Flames. He did hang in there. This ain't the Flames. No. Nope. These are not, the, the, the defense of this team is so fast. They are so quick. Yeah. You make one little mistake on the forecheck, mm-hmm. and it's a three-on-two. Yeah. The defenseman beats you, and he's up ice with two forwards. And and, and then the, the, the defenseman, like, if you can't move, if you can't defend, they're going to get you. They're going to get you fast. What a great – listen, what a great team the Colorado Avalanche are. I have to say that. I've been they, – they're everything I hoped the orders would have been this series. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're just fast, dynamic, precise, deadly – um, they take advantage of your mistakes. They pound you when you make an error. Good for them. They're doing it to the Oilers, what the Oilers have done to other teams. And Nathan McKinnon, wow, what a hockey player. Okay, Bruce, what's your bad thing? Yeah, I'm going to paint with a really broad brush on this bad thing and refer to uh, lack of discipline by the Oilers. And uh, this is manifest in multiple ways. Uh, I. Let's start with the very first line change of the game. And I watch these because it's sometimes an indicator. Are, are you guys ready to go or not? And both um, Duncan Keith and Leon Dreisaitl changed off from the middle of the ice. And all of a sudden, here's Devon Taves, a very good uh, Colorado defenseman, but a defenseman roaring up the ice one-on-one against who? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's the only guy back. And Taves goes around uh, Nuge like a hoop around the barrel, as how how, how Meeker would say. Walks right in, pounds an excellent shot. Smith makes a good save, and Smith made a number of good saves in that first period. Uh, but that was a bad uh, bad indicator. There was a uh, the line change before the third goal. I didn't like the line change where they took a too many men penalty because Pulleyarvi played the puck and Cassian had already jumped on the ice early and. That wound up uh, costing them a penalty. Uh, so line changes, that's one thing. Uh, just backtracking and, uh, and coverage, how many times, especially in the second period, after it was 3 nothing, and Edmonton thought, well, we better push for a goal or something. And it seemed like every time that the, they went down and, and generated nothing, which was pretty much every time, that Colorado would come out of the zone and it would be a two-on-two, and then the next guy would join the play, and he'd be wearing a purple shirt, and then the next guy would join the play, and he'd be wearing a purple shirt, and it would be a four-on-two. 
or two on one or three on two or but odd man rush after odd man rush and there was almost no Oilers forwards to be seen and they just didn't have the two-way activated in this game the forwards were and I mean they weren't doing anything the one way either it was a brutal game I thought by the forward core in general Um, but uh, that, that was lack of discipline and then uh, the other part of lack of discipline, and some people might actually like this, um, uh, but uh, penalties, tripping Yamamoto, slashing Dreisaitl, elbowing Kulak, which was borderline headshot, team penalty for too many men on the ice, a team penalty for interference from the bench. That was Zach Cassian trying to grab Bowen Bo- Byron when he came into the bench, was knocked into the bench by Archibald. And they were lucky on that one that the refs evened it up. I thought that was uh, probably should have just been the one penalty. Uh, then Evander Kane took a pair of roughing penalties uh, uh, for going after Kale McCarr. And I mean, hitting, checking Kale McCarr was one of his objectives in this game, but uh, uh, illegally doing so. And again, the first one, I thought that was a borderline headshot. We'll see if anything comes out of that. And then finally, Nurse with a cross-checking penalty at the end, which was maybe a little bit more marginal, but that's a lot of undisciplined penalties. And they wound up, I mean, two men short because that's the time you want to take a run at Nathan McKinnon in the corner. I mean, when you're penalty killing, maybe that's not the time. Maybe, you know, pick some other spot. But they they couldn't stay out of the box. Uh, They couldn't... uh, uh, get their crap together uh, on the backtrack, and uh, they struggle to make a clean line change. I think that kind of covers lack of discipline in multiple areas, so I'll just leave it there. <sighs> they do make you pay, though. Man, they make yeah. you pay fast. All right. Yes. Um... Yeah, the defensemen really jump in. I think I'm such mobile... Defense of McCarr, Taves, Byram, he's been very impressive. Well, what, you know what? I sure didn't like the shot he took at the 20-minute mark of the third period when he tried to take Mike Smith's head off with the one-timer. I thought that was a bit much. What a jackass play that yeah. was. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's only three orders out there. That was one time I did want them to go after because that was, you know, game's over, you got it won. You don't take a slap shot at the other goalie. Even if you're pissed off at the penalties the other team has taken, taking a slap shot at the goalie's head is a bit over the top, which is what it seemed like. Maybe he just I don't know if he was aiming there. It's time the shot, but he sure uh, he sure uh, put a high hard one right at Smith Mellon. Even trying to score then is ridiculous. Like I mean, oh. he's a young guy though, and they're full of. Let's put the first unit out. You know, they're full of piss and vinegar, young guys. So mm-hmm. uh, well, hopefully hopefully some of that piss and vinegar will uh, will uh, serve to uh, uh, alert the Oilers that, uh, that they need to. Anyway, and maybe I'm contradicting myself because some of these penalties, some would say that's what that was, was the Oilers taking their pound of flesh before the end of the game. Yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, I guess I'm punching up because I'm picking on all three of the best players on the team. It's my yeah. bad things. McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. Leon yeah. didn't make one major contribution to a grade-A shot all game long. Not the power play one-timer? Yeah, I didn't. we didn't count that, Bruce. I just okay. thought it was from such an angle. Right. And he didn't... 
you know, often those shots are, but it's, he's not shooting it like he usually shoots it. So it was from like both those things. I just didn't, we didn't count that one. Okay. And anyway, at even strength, like, you know, you, you might marginally count that one. It would be very marginal if you ask me and we didn't, but he didn't get it going on on the attack at all. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think he needs to play because he's so slow right now. Like he's not, um, when he plays with McDavid, it works. It looks like. <clears throat> so this is probably a coaching yeah. error taking him away from McDavid. Mm-hmm. Um, he can feed McDavid, play off McDavid, play off McDavid's speed, and it, and it works. It didn't work in game one, so I can see why they were thinking of shaking it up. This didn't work at all. wasn't even close to working. <clears throat> he had the bad line change in the first shift that led to the um, breakaway by Taves or contributed to it. Um, yeah, not his night. And McDavid has been in two games in a row, Bruce. Ain't no way to say it, except the truth is Nathan McKinnon has outplayed Connor McDavid two games in a row, and it hasn't even been close. Um, it wasn't close tonight. First no, it wasn't. Was close. Yeah, closer in the first game. McDavid was weak in his own end in the first game. But um, this game, um, uh, just three contributions to grade-A shots. Two of them came early in the game on the same play where he set up Kane um, in the crease. Yeah, Connor was taken out of the game. And it's and it reminds me somewhat of the Winnipeg series <clears throat> at against San Jose when he's playing Vlasic in 2017, Bruce. When he gets going against defensemen, I don't know who was out there against him, but um, Devon Taves comes to mind. When he gets going against mm-hmm. these faster, smart, faster defensemen, that's who you want to have against Connor McDavid. They give him the trouble Morrissey. And um, what's the uh, DeMello in Winnipeg? Vlasic. You don't have to be a big guy. You just have to be really smart and positional, be able to move your feet, skate backwards. That's how you're, you have the most success against Connor McDavid. <clears throat> and then the abs were all over him. They're just, they're just yeah. checking so tightly there. Their forwards are, are on him. McKinnon's on him. They're all Landis. They're all on him all the time. Uh, so he couldn't get, he can't get much going on the attack. He just hasn't, he hasn't burst free at all. Man. He Again, he did in game one. You know, he had three points, but tonight he had no points, and that's basically what he earned in this game. Just yeah, really had no no threat, no threat. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In the first game, he had his moments. Oh, for sure, he had his moments. I think he was in on nine grade A shots. So this game, he was in on three. So they actually tightened the noose around McDavid from the first game. Mm-hmm. So they they were better this game at shutting him down. <clears throat> the Avs played the game that I hoped the Oilers were going to play. Just a really, really aggressive tough, smart, defensive hockey game. And they played it, not the Oilers. So that's why we have a 4 nothing score. Bruce, what is your second bad thing? Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, um, single out the uh, coaching uh, uh, and Jay Woodcroft. You mentioned one of the things I was going to highlight, but I'll mention it anyway, which was the decision to split up McDavid and Dreisaitl, which did not work at all. And I looked at it right from the start, and I thought, this is a last-minute wrinkle to try. And it didn't seem to be working, and, and yet it took a long time to really go away from it. So that was, you know, he tried to do something, and it didn't work. That's that's part of the thing. A uh, bigger beef that I got is uh, after, uh, uh, after um, the first goal by Colorado, and Edmonton's had a trouble 
throughout, but especially in now games one and two of this series of uh, goals being scored in rapid succession. Either Edmonton scores, but they give it right back, or worse, the other guys score, and then they score again. That's what happened here. And the decision to put out the fourth line in the immediate aftermath of that breakdown that led to the one nothing goal quickly blew up in their face as that fourth line was uh, immediately clobbered for uh, uh, a goal against in just 15 seconds, uh, where uh, Derek Ryan lost the battle in the corner. Josh Archibald couldn't get out to the shooter. He got a full slap shot from just above the circles. And I just thought, I'm not, I wasn't sure what the what the plan was there. Same thing happened last night. That line got out there and they got burned for a goal uh, at relatively shortly after an Edmonton goal. I mean, Josh Archibald in the playoffs, he's been on the ice for 14 high danger shots for the Oilers and 40 for the other team, like literally three to one against. The Oilers are getting crushed, and, and uh, Derek Ryan's stats playing center on that line are not a lot better. And Zach Cassian, uh, you know, same general problem. And uh, they got uh, they got torched right away. And that once it was two nothing, this game was over. And it was there was no way back for him. Certainly after three nothing, there was no way back for him. And I just thought there was <laughs> just a couple of coaching errors. And I've had a lot of praise for Jay Woodcroft, and I absolutely think he is the man and Dave Manson going forward for the Edmonton Oilers. But I think for me to be doing my job, I have to be open to criticizing him when he has an off game, and I think that off game was uh, tonight. Indeed. Okay, let's do our numbers, Bruce. Okay. You got yours handy? Oh, yeah, I sure do. Uh... I've, my numbers are 12 to 11, and these are the shots on goal uh, where the 12 Edmonton forwards combined for 12 shots on goal here. We had uh, three each from Dreisaitl and Hyman to lead the team, two each from Kane and McDavid, one each from Pugliarvi and Yamamoto, and 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 from the other six guys for a total of 12. Whereas for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon alone had 11 shots. So one forward from uh, Colorado very nearly outshot the entire 12 from the Oilers. And for the Oilers, the defensemen had half 12 of their 24 shots. And the forwards just didn't have it offensively. They didn't have it defensively. They didn't have it together. Nathan McKinnon, yeah. What a player. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, he had a good game. And he was storming around, and uh, 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 he sure likes to shoot the puck. And, I mean, we saw that there. But 11 shots on net, none blocked. What does that tell you? Hmm. So. <clears throat> so my numbers, Bruce, are the grade-A shot totals for the first three series. Okay. Against the Kings, the Oilers had 14.6 per game. The Kings had 11. Huge margin nice. for the Oilers. The Kings were <coughs> lucky to take that to seven games. The Oilers were clearly the better team. Mm -hmm. In the next series against the uh, Flames, 15 to 13 for the Oilers. Wow. Again, two goal grade A shot margin against the Flames. Oilers clearly the better team. That's per game, right? Per game. 13, yeah. Correct. Okay. Both of those numbers were per game. 
per game this series so far, 20 for the Avs, on average, 13.5 for the Oilers. 6.5 grade-A shot margin, Bruce. The Oilers are getting stomped by this Avs team right now. Mm -hmm. And... um, they certainly got stomped tonight. You know, they were the, the score flattered them somewhat, I think, in the last game. So, they get stomped, Bruce. That's that's what's happening. Four nothing's a blowout. When you get zero, that's that's not flattering. That's uh more embarrassing, but Yeah. I mean once they competed early, they had thirteen shots in the first period and eleven in the last two. I think they had eight. After Colorado scored the three quick ones uh, six minutes into the second, so there's 34 minutes left to play, and the Oilers had eight chances, and by our count, they generated one grade-A shot, the one by Nurse. And it was just like Colorado was t- took a power pill or something. They're checking and back-tracking back, uh, and skating, and general defensive work was excellent, and the Oilers just kept running into a brick wall and kept trying to break through and they just couldn't do it. I mean, eight shots in 34 minutes when normally in that situation down three, nothing shot effects say the trailing team is going to start pumping pucks on the other team's net. Well, <laughs> that never happened. And so, I mean, uh, hats off to the Avalanche. They're a good team and they played a very good game tonight. Uh, Nazem Kadri, I thought had an outstanding game. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, their their top players were a notch above Edmonton's top players, and their lower players were a notch above Edmonton's lower players. Like, I'm not sure. Is there an aspect of the game that you can look at tonight and say Edmonton was the better team? Well, on when it came to killing off three-on-five penalties. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, um, Bruce. I've got yeah. two penalties in the whole game. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, yeah, after that three goal and two minute outburst. The owners just had one great a shot. That was it. Like it was just not, they didn't, they couldn't get it going on. Bruce, we've, I think we've said enough about them yep. this game. Let's, uh, let's call it a night. Thank Bruce. Thank you yeah. for talking tonight. Back out on Saturday. Thanks for listening, yeah. everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast. <laughs>